Welcome to the One City Church audio experience. My name is Jesse Dan Yusuf and I serve as the lead pastor. Our vision is to see everyone everywhere becoming one with God and our mission is to bring heaven to earth in our city as it is in heaven. Right now, we are preparing for the official launch of our church on Sunday, the 1st of October, 2023, and we are inviting you to be a part of this special move of God. For more information, you can visit our website, www.one-city.org, or follow us on social media at One City Online. Now let's listen to the message. We are in the eighth week. What we've been doing is learning about doctrines that our church is built on. Are you with me? Amen. And today we're going to be dissecting um, one of those doctrines. But the way I've been teaching them is not just so that um, it be head knowledge, you know, just something mental, you know, simulation. It will be something that is practical and applicable to your life. Hallelujah. How many of us were blessed last week about, um, you know, the Holy Spirit in us, Holy Spirit upon us? Amen. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about killing sin. Amen. The doctrine of sin. But we'll be talking about how to kill sin. Amen. Amen. How many of us have heard that word before? Sin. Okay. So, um, in my journey as a pastor counseling different people, um, when people come to share often their struggles, you know, stopping certain habits or, you know, trying to be better persons. Um, one of the things I try to make them understand is defeating sin or killing sin in our lives is not by our own strength. Are you with me? Amen. And But before that, um, you know, I've often thought about the gospel does this beautiful thing where it points out that the problem with humanity is the problem of sin. That by nature, we are rebellious. We are rebellious against God. We are rebellious against our creator. So sin, therefore, is our inability to conform and to meet God's standard and his moral law in our thoughts, in our actions, in our character, in our attitudes, in our nature. Did you hear what I said? One city, did you hear what I said? Amen. Come on. Sin is what? Our inability to conform, to meet God's standard, God's moral law. Amen. In our thoughts, in our actions, in our attitudes, in our character, in our nature, we can't meet God's standard. Amen. Because God, even though he's a creator, he's a moral being. Amen. He's a moral being. And he demands that his creation meet his standard. Now, he, through our forefather, Adam, we lost that um, access because Adam sinned and through him death was introduced into the world are you with me because death through Adam um, his first sin was disobedience or rebellion and turning away from God's law 
and we inherited that rebellion. We inherited that, um, that nature. Amen. So if you notice, <laughs> you don't need to teach you don't need to teach babies to lie. They figure it out by themselves. Okay, I wanted to say Abby, because I don't know many people have. Yeah. But you guys know when you were growing up, like nobody, your, our parents just, you know, were kind enough to let us know you stole from the pot, you know, there's oil on your mouth, who took it? It's not me, but you know, she saw, she was just like, this one would get to him or her later. Do you understand? Like, nobody teaches us to be evil. We are born that way. Amen. Now, let me say this, I, and I've mentioned this before. Now, because we are made in the image of God, there is some, some, some good in us. But the good that God sees as good, we can never meet it. Amen. Amen. So what the gospel does, it diagnoses the problem. It shows us that it's a problem, that sin is our problem. And we need to be saved from our sin. Amen. But the gospel now provides the solution and says that Jesus is the way out of that. If we believe in him and we become one with him, that we are able to now defeat sin and live above sin. Glory to God. But even more than that, that we now take on a new nature, the nature of righteousness. Because sin is also a legal with God in the sense that because we are sinful, we are unrighteous. So we are not, ab we are not able to stand legally before God because we stand before God all guilty. Are you with me? So what happens when we receive the message of the cross? What happens when we receive Christ is that he gives us his own nature, the nature of righteousness. And then we are, going, we are able to stand legally before God. Hallelujah. Amen. But the, 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 the journey now is now, yes, we are born again. He has regenerated our hearts. He has regenerated our spirits. We are one with him. Glory to God. But our bodies haven't yet been transformed. So Paul, if you read the book of Romans, um, Romans 3, 6, 7, he was saying that he finds in his body, there's this struggle that is going on, that he finds he's, he, he wants to do certain things, but he finds himself doing things he doesn't want to do. And I know many of us here, we want to come to church. We want to read our Bible. But there's just something, there's just something that is drawing you. It's our flesh. That's what the Bible says. That it's our flesh that is hungering for things that are not of God. But we are told that if we live by the Spirit, we will fulfill the desires of the, of the Spirit. Are you with me? Amen. So while we are still in this bag of bones and flesh we still have certain desires that we need to tame that we need to quench amen so even paul the apostle paul the great apostle paul <clears throat> the great apostle paul was complaining he finds in himself this duality this friction that is going on between the flesh and between his spirit, his spirit longs to be with God. His spirit longs to be with Jesus. 
but his flesh wants something else. But he said, praise be to God. Hallelujah. Then in verse 8, um, Romans 8, 1, he says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the journey of defeating sin starts where? In Christ. One more time, one city. The journey of defeating sin starts where? It starts in Christ. So remember, God demands that we meet his standards regardless of who we are. Because sin is not, it's not just that I, I stepped on your, on your all-stars. Do you understand? Sin is not just that I brushed your shoulder. Sin is not that I scratched your car. Sin is, a, is, 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 a, is an offense to a holy, eternal God. And an offense to a holy, eternal God deserves an eternal punishment. Is everybody tracking with me? Sin is what? An offense to a holy, eternal God. And that offense will be met eternally. So, what the Lord did is, he, 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 he prophesied all the way from um, the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. What, what happened was, the Lord killed an animal to clothe them. Signifying that what? I will always, even in your sin, I will always provide a solution to cover you. Then we see in Exodus 2, the Lord at the Passover, the Lord tells them to what? Kill a lamb and to put the blood of the lamb on what? On their door post. And when the angel of death passes over, if he sees the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, he will what? Pass over. Did they have to be righteous before the, the, the blood will work? No. So just imagine, even if your friend, I don't have imagined it all. Imagine if you're in Egypt for some weird reason. They had... Um, one of the Israelites, he had friends, and his friend was a, um, an Egyptian. And that day, do you understand? He just went and he played PS5 in the guy's house, and he slept off. It just so happened to be the day of Passover. Because that guy was in that house, do you understand? The angel, of, and if he was the firstborn, the angel of death, once he sees that blood on the on the post, what will happen? He will pass over. The, the issue we have in, our, in, in the modern church, the issue we have is that we are trying to make good people. And that's not what God has called us to. God has called to reveal the life that we have in Christ Jesus. So we keep on living onto religious rules and standards. Now, these things may have their place. But it doesn't produce righteousness. It may produce good people that are good rule followers. Amen? 
but it won't kill sin. Because remember, sin is in nature. Amen. So we may cover ourselves. We may do all the things that the religious standards and rules ask of us. But it doesn't change what's in the heart. You and I know that if they were to publish the things in our hearts, God forbid. Because sin again is what? An offense to a holy God. But also, it is the inability to conform and meet the standard of God's moral law in our thoughts, in our acts, in our deeds, in our character, and in our nature. Please, are you with me? Amen. So the journey of sin, of defeating sin, starts where? In Christ. Okay, so I was, uh, I was trying to um, lay the foundation. So in the Passover, so what, what the Lord now did was he ordained, you know, so the Passover now continually being, uh, was, was um, celebrated and it was ordained, it was um, infused into their way of life and they will often offer sacrifices for different kinds of sin. Are you with me? But it had to be yearly. So every year they had to kill an animal. Every year they had to kill an animal. Every year they had to kill an animal. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. So we now see Isaiah prophesy in Isaiah 53, and he talks about, um, some people call Isaiah 53 the fifth um, gospel. Because way before the four gospels, Isaiah prophesied this beautiful thing, talking about the suffering servant. And he said that this suffering servant said, this suffering servant, he said, he'll be crushed for our iniquities. He says he'll be pierced for our transgressions. The Messiah that the Israelite nation was looking forward to was a military Messiah. And yes, Jesus is going to come in his kingly and military might. Amen? to save us once and for all. But the prophets were pointing to something deeper, that this king is also a servant. That this king is also what? A servant. Amen. And that he will be pierced for our transgressions and that he will be crushed for our iniquities. So it was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. It was prophesied in Isaiah. And we see it fulfilled in Christ. So this idea of a perfect lamb that needed to be killed every lamb without blemish. Do you understand? Had to be killed every year or almost every time to make atonement for the sins of people. When Jesus was approaching his cousin in John 1, do you know what John the Baptist said? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. He was announcing the arrival of what Isaiah prophesied. Glory! That there is a perfect Lamb that will be 
sacrificed once and for all. Amen. I cannot die for my wife's sins. She cannot die for mine. Your boyfriend cannot die for your sins. Vice versa. Nobody can die for your sins because the, 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 the penalty needs to be the, how do I put it? The penalty, the weight of the, the penalty needs to meet the weight of the sin. Does that make sense? And the wages of sin is what? Death. Now, to get out of that, you must be able to meet up to it. So, if you were to cleanse yourself of all your righteousness or to pay for every evil thing that we've done, you need to remember everything you've done. You need to remember everything you've thought of because there's a ledger that is being written. Every thought, every word, every deed. Can you see that we cannot afford it? Amen. That's why this thing, that's why it's the gospel, that's why it's good news. That Jesus, the perfect lamb, the perfect lamb met once and for all, took our sins away. Glory to God. On that cross, he said, it is finished. Amen. So there is, no, I'm telling you, there is no tithe. There is no giving you do. There is no cleansing you do. There's, if you like drink all the holy water in the world, there is nothing you will do to attain righteousness. But the gospel, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus, he fulfilled what was foreshadowed in Exodus 2. He fulfilled what was prophesied in Isaiah 53. The lamb of the world, the lamb of God, pardon me, who takes away the sins of the world. Do you know what? He did not just bear our sins. The Bible tells us that he became sin. Did you hear that? He did not just what? Bear our sins. He became sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what the Lord did, it was a beautiful exchange. Amen? He took away every evil thing you've thought of, every evil thing that we've done, every evil thing you will ever do. And he took it and he became it. And he what? He became it. Then he said, because this person is now in me, they are now taking my nature, the nature of what? Righteousness. And to prove that Jesus, the wages of sin is death. When Jesus became sin, what happened to him? He died. Hallelujah. He died. And as he died, we died in him. Amen? We died in him. Our old selves, our sinful nature died in him. Hallelujah! So on the third day, woo! Hallelujah! On the third day, Jesus resurrected new. Hallelujah! And we resurrected in him. Glory to God. So he the righteousness that Christ has, he now says, this nature I have is now yours. Glory to God. Glory to God. So your problem eh, is that you are trying to 
defeat sin in your own strength. You're doing all these mental gymnastics. You're um, trying to meditate your way out of um, sinful. It you no know, go work. You no know, go work. You start defeating sin in Christ. You start defeating sin where? In Christ. You start defeating sin where? In Christ. Glory. So Christ became sin and he was perfect. So he was the perfect candidate. So some of you may be saying, uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Why would he demand of us to live holy when he has not given us the ability? So he now said, okay. Um, I will come myself and become like you so that you can become like me. Because if you think about it, it's not fair. Right? But he has now given us the ability to live like him. He has not just to live like him, but to become like him. All of this in him. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. So how can we kill sin? Let us open to Romans 6, 11. Romans 6, 11. Listen, um, God wants us to reign in life. And when we, we will start reigning when we deal with the sins in our life. Now, the time is coming in the future when this body will be exchanged. Glory to God. And that our desires now will be fully that of just worshiping the Lord and being with him. There will be no longer um, lusting after our neighbor's property or having pride or lusting over um, that which belongs to other people. That time is coming. But for now, God wants to glorify himself in your life. Are you with me? Christ in you, your hope of glory. God wants to glorify himself in your life. So, Romans 6, verse 11, says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So the first thing, the first thing we must all recognize is that what? We are dead to sin. So um, now I'm giving you the framework for how to kill sin in your life. And the first thing is what? You must consider. You must what? Consider yourselves. You must what? Consider yourselves. The KJV uses the word reckon. What does that mean? It means that you should come to the knowledge. Abby, you should come to the knowledge of what? In this case, that you are what? Dead to sin. Amen. You must what? Come to the knowledge that what? You are dead to sin. So first, it is not a feeling. Amen? It is what? It is a knowledge. If you are in Christ, I've given you a test. How do you know you are in Christ? Does your spirit cry out for God? Does your spirit call God Abba? Amen? That's how you know you are in Christ. Amen? So now that you are in Christ, what do you do? How do you kill sin in your life? First, reckon, consider, give yourself to the knowledge that you are dead to sin. Because I need you to understand something. Sin, even though it is the inability to conform 
into um, onto God's holy law. It has power. It has what? Power. It has, you see that thing? It is powerful. When Cain was about to, when Cain was jealous of his brother, the Lord gave him a word. He said, Cain, be careful. Sin is what? Knocking at your door. Sin is knocking at your door. God himself was warning him because sin is not just doing bad things. There is a spiritual power to it. And if we give ourselves to it, that power turns to dominion. So often you see people say they do things and they don't know how they are doing it. We've given ourselves to sin. We've given ourselves to sin. to the, Not just sin, but the power of sin. So what Paul is making us understand here is that you are dead to sin. Amen? It's nature and it's power. Glory to God. You are dead to its nature and what? Its power. You are dead to its nature and you are dead to its Glory to God. So no Christian can say um, it was the work of the devil. Or I don't know what came over me. It's a lie. You have power over it. The world may say that. Are you with me? The world may say that. But you are dead to it. Listen, you cannot jazz a Christian. Any Christian that you see that has been jazzed, eh, he, put, he put himself there. So let's say, let's say um, they put the jazz in food or, or some his longer throats. His longer, I'm telling you, it, it's not possible to, to possess a Christian to, to Sorry for using jazz, for those of you that don't know. How will I use it? You can't witchcraft a Christian. I, I don't know if you guys are getting what I'm saying. Anybody, anybody that has fallen under that has already given themselves to it. One way or the other. You slept with somebody you're not supposed to sleep with. You ate where you're not supposed to eat. You went where you're not supposed to go to. And all the while, God was knocking at your door, telling you, sin is at your door. Sin is at your door. I don't know why I went down this route, but I'm just saying. So the first thing I need us to understand is what? That we are dead to sin, to its nature and its power. Glory to God. Amen. And the second thing he says is that you are alive to God in Christ Jesus. So he doesn't just leave us there, but he gives us a new nature. Hallelujah. That we are alive to God. Where? In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Defeating sin starts with Number one, knowledge. Number two, that the power of sin doesn't have dominion over you anymore. You are dead to it. Amen. Three, you are what? Alive to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So that which your spirit is longing out for, you now have the ability to do. 
you now have the ability to live up to. Glory to God. So before, we couldn't reach God's standard. But now in Christ, we are able to. Because we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are able to overcome sin. It's not by, um, it's not by willpower. It's not even by fasting. It's not even by praying. It's by your legal standing. All these other spiritual disciplines are an outworking of what we are already. Glory to God. Please, are you with me? So that's how we start defeating sin in our lives. Glory to God. Romans 8 verse 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. For if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. He says, but he says, but you are in the spirit. Hallelujah. But you are in the spirit. So listen, the child of God cannot continually live in sin. A child of God cannot continually live in sin. If you continue for a period of time, the spirit of God will, will something will happen to you. He, he will bring, because one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to bring to conviction, bring us into conviction. Are you with me? So there's no way you can live in sin for an extended period of time. The righteous man may fall, hallelujah, but he will surely get back up. We don't stay down. The righteous man may fall, but he will surely get back up. Please, one city, are you with me? So we kill sin by knowing all of this. We walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. How do we know that we are walking by the spirit? What is the fruit of our walk? Is it producing love? Is it producing patience is it producing kindness is it producing goodness gentleness self-control faithfulness are you with me amen that's how we know that we are walking by the spirit and our hearts is our heart and our spirit is constantly crying and looking up to our god our father abba glory to god this is very important because we cannot defeat sin outside God. So John 15, he says, you cannot do anything apart from me. You cannot do anything apart from me. But listen, oh, stopping bad habit is not stopping sin. Are you with me? Stopping bad habits is not stopping sin. Stopping bad habits is not stopping sin. Because sin is deeper than that. If you stop bad habits, your parents may be excited, your friends may be excited, the world may be a better place for a moment. But God wants something deeper. Hallelujah. God wants something deeper. And he says we should abide in him. He says he's the true vine and we are the branches. So that's how we live our lives. So the issue of stopping sin or killing sin is not necessarily about stopping doing something but starting to live as we are in christ jesus amen let's read the rest rest of the verse do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness amen 
So the framework is this. You know that what? What do you know? That I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then what? We now start living as what God describes us as. We are alive to God in him. He says, so do not present your members to sin as instruments for righteousness. So for those of us who have been saying, you don't know my true colors, your true colors are not what God has, whatever you call your true colors, are not what God has called you. Are you with me? So our mouths now, we don't use it to curse people. Yes. Amen. Our eyes now, we don't use it to lust. With our eyes, we don't use it to covet what other people have. Amen. Do not present members of your body, uh, uh, members of your body to what? As instruments of righteousness. But what? Present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. I keep saying this thing is not about stopping bad habits. It's not about becoming good people. It's about becoming alive in Christ Jesus. Now start living as if you have been uh, uh, um, baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. We have new life. We are a new creation. Glory to God. You have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for what? Righteousness. Amen. So we don't lie because that is our nature. We only speak grace. We only speak truth. Glory to God. We don't steal because that's no longer our nature. Amen. But rather, we do acts of righteousness. We are generous now. Hallelujah. Paul said that the ones that used to steal, the ones that used to be lady, what should they start doing? They should work. Why? So that they can give. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the framework in the New Testament. Glory to God. So we are dead to sin, but we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Live as if you've been brought from death to life. Your journey with killing sin starts there. Amen. Amen. Glory. That's how we live. That's how we kill sin in our lives. Amen. Amen. So, many of us, this thing, when we start seeing why we act a certain way, we we if we if we if we start looking through this lens we understand that our actions is not because we want to do certain things but there's a root that root is sin that must be killed are you with me so just as paul is saying different areas of our lives many of us we've given god a part of our lives we say god take this part let me hold on to this part Lord, take this part. Let me hold on to this part. Lord, take this part. And you know how to handle this part of my life best. I know how to handle this part best. But that's not how the Lord wants. The Lord wants all of us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans 12, he says we should present ourselves. Uh, we should present our bodies as what? Living sacrifices. As what? 
living sacrifices. So in a way, just as Christ presented himself as a living sacrifice, also we will present ourselves as what? Living sacrifices because it's a reasonable act of worship. The way we worship God is by offering ourselves to him. So God is more interested in us laying at the altar every morning we wake up. I'll just say, Lord, I present myself to you. Use me as you will. Amen. But like a pastor said, the problem with living sacrifices is what? They get up from the altar. That's the problem with living sacrifices. But say, not me. One more time. Say, not me. Not me. Amen. So killing sin is less about following rules, but is more about our relationship with God. Is less about following rules, but it is more about our relationship with God. Primarily our union, our oneness with him. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, um, our text for today. So reckon that you're what? Dead to sin and what? Alive to God in Christ Jesus. So again, killing sin in your life starts where? Killing sin starts where? In Christ. Killing sin starts where? In Christ. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're struggling. Because we've not allowed Christ permeate every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Can you bow our heads? Let us pray. I don't know what area of your life you're, you're struggling with. <clears throat> I don't know what addictions you're struggling with. You don't start killing sin in your life by just stopping doing bad things. It is by starting to live the God-ordained life, the union life, the oneness that we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This life, I want us to understand, is a higher life, is a higher calling. Praise be to God that in Christ we are able to meet the standard. The enemy, the accuser comes and he looks at us and he will always have in quote evidence. But praise be to God, we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's how we kill sin. That's how we defeat sin. So your prayer this morning is, Lord, I'm presenting members of my body, my mouth, my entire body, my thoughts, Lord, all to you. Some people use it to, to scare a lot of people. This idea of generational curses. I want to say it is very real. Because if there's such a thing as generational blessings, there's such a thing as generational curses. 
but it only has legitimacy for those who are not in Christ Jesus and who haven't yielded themselves completely. Now, I don't know if that's something you're struggling with in your life. I want you to this morning I say, because I'm in Christ, I'm cut away from anything that is not of you. Anything that my parents, my great-grandparents may have put themselves into, just say, this is not of me. Legally, I am for Christ. Say, legally, I am for Christ. Uh, you know, in Nigeria, in some places, some of us, they say, at uh, some people, they don't grow past 50. They don't grow past 60. No, God forbid. That is not you. Why? Because you are in Christ. Oh, I said the men in this place or the men from this village, they never amount to anything. Not true. Because you are in Christ. Hallelujah. You have a new lineage. You have a new lineage. You have a new lineage and you are changing the narrative. You are changing the narrative. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you've heard in your family line, listen, if it doesn't align to what you see in the Bible, cut it off this morning and align yourself to what you see in Christ. In Christ, we are dead to the power and dominion of sin. I don't know if you get me one city. We are dead to the power and the dominion of sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Sin no longer has dominion over you. You say, oh, it's a law. <laughs> All the men must have children outside your wedlock. God forbid. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. And those of us watching online, please don't just watch this. I need you to participate in this. I need us to walk in our inheritance. Walk in the fullness of our oneness. Say, I am free in Christ Jesus. Say, sin has no dominion over me. Say, death has no power over me. Say, I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am no longer a slave. I am free in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, celebrate our victory. Celebrate our victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Amen. Thank you, Father. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.